Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. I am your host, Brian. With me, as always, are my much, much better hosts. That's Spaghetti Char Loving Queen, Emma. Hi. Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch. Hey. And Ray to my Luke Skywalker, Chase. <laughs> hello, hello. I love that. You Bye. Know, Thank we're, you. We're keeping it clean. I had that eleven-year-old staring at me uh, on our stage panel, so I'm trying to keep it clean. <laughs> Are we ready, my friends? Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, yeah. It's time to drink up. Drink up. Look who's back. Yay! Hi, Paul. Oh, my God. Hi, Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello, Eric. Hello, Alana. Hello, hello, hello. Is this our new friend from Twitter? Did we meet on Twitter? Where do I know that name? Hello, Eric. Hello, Buck. Mm. Uh, Real quick, let me just start the top of the show off real quick that the show tonight is running from an 11-year-old iMac. Mine is in the shop, but was supposed to be back. (laughs) Long story. So hopefully, um, because apples are amazing, it's 11 years old, it should be just fine. Right? Yeah, they're just the best, and they never expire, <laughs> and they just last your entire life. You never have to buy a new Apple product. Yeah, that's ever, right. That's ever. why it's named after a break. non-perishable food item. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also, that's why you have to pay so much, because, very, um, very you know, you got to pay for a long... Oh, I was being very sarcastic. <laughs> I feel like all Apple products just kick the bucket. Yes. But. Well, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, because right now I'm looking... Not this I'm one, looking though. at myself, and I think I'm talking, and 10 minutes later, it's showing up. So anyways, just so you know, everyone, just so you know. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. We missed you last week, and um, I miss these three beautiful faces because last week we were all together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was so wonderful. We got to have <laughs> breakfast together. We got to spill tea together. Multiple times. A few times yes. we literally spilled tea on one another. You know, it was That's like, exactly it was great. It, it yes. was great. <laughs> Chase bought uh, me chalupas. Oh, oh, I did. I did. I handed out some quarters. <laughs> Made sure everyone yep. had some laundry money. <laughs> I was really going with, uh, almost going to go with that quarter slinging friend chase but yeah yeah <laughs> but for me you can go with vintage never repro going forward please okay oh my god that's right yes and that 12 back kenner <laughs> vintage mark oh my god okay here we go here we go i don't know spaghetti jar loving queen emma's just like kind it does. of perfect it's, and no one i told me. you when we were in line for rise of the resistance that i needed a new name <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of perfect <laughs> it's like really dirty without anyone knowing that it's really dirty and that's like when you look at M, you would never know that this like little angelic face is like a ratlow. It is very on brand. 
And right? who doesn't love spaghetti? Exactly. Exactly. Spaghetti is universally beloved. <laughs> I think so. We always have these debates in the office of pizza or pasta. And pasta always wins. Mm. Why not Thank both? you, Em. Thank you. Oh. I was just going to yeah. say. Yes. Because I work with straight people. And straight people can have one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> that binary life is way too boring. It sure is. Um, I was. I had a long conversation with our dear friend Maria this morning on the phone, and uh, we love you, Maria. Everything you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I said to her, and it is Pride Month, actually. Happy Pride! Happy this Pride. is our first live stream Indeed. since Pride. Happy Pride! I told Maria this morning that I'll deal with all of the um, the harassment, the bad treatment, the poor laws, all of that, just so I don't have to be straight. Because I'm really glad I'm not straight. No, no offense yeah. to the to our beautiful straight friends in the steam room. You, y'all are the exception. Love you. All right, Emma. How's your week been? How's your week? Are you still high off of celebration? Are you back to normal or no? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to get back to normal this weekend. I spent so much mm. of the week just trying to catch up on sleep. <laughs> I was just grabbing yes. naps here and there. <laughs> Today, I actually took two hours of personal time out of my, like my work personal time, so that I could go and have a nap in the middle of my nice. work day. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, this morning, this is probably TMI, everyone, but you know, whatever. If we're anything here on Peak Milk, we overshare. Hello, Bob. <laughs> we are TMI. Um, I'm in the office and also please no one from work be listening to this, but like I was really tired the last two days because also trying to catch up on sleep. So I yes. ran to the bathroom and like sat down. And today I think I was in there for like 15 minutes. I think I went to rest my eyes and I was like full on asleep. Oh, you had a <laughs> mid poop nap. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, well, that's, that's not what really happened. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Wow. They're like, oh, there you are. I was like, oh, yep. I was walking my I was walking the yard because I, I get up every hour and I walk our parking lot for exercise. Sometimes I do lunges. I'm oh, sure nice. everyone thinks there I look great. Yeah, you know. Good for you. Mark, how about you? How was your week? Are you are you high? Uh, all of the above. Of I mean, stuff? I think just adjusting to day to day again. I'm not quite there yet, but a lot of it's like. To keep me smiling, I keep thinking about everything that happened over the last week because I mean, there's so much. It, it was overwhelming in the most wonderful way possible that I, I don't think I'm still done processing it all. Like stuff will come up and I'm like, oh my God, that's yeah. right, that happened, right? You know, I still have to like put up the, the photo dump for all the pictures I took. It's like I have to organize all that. So that's next. But it's one of those things I have to be in the right mindset yeah. for. But I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I have so many photos to like still post somewhere. Yeah. Um, I took like a week off from Twitter and I'm not back. Like it did such a horrible job promoting tonight's show. Cause I just kind of got used to not being on Twitter. I was like, Oh, this is kind of, <laughs> it's a good it feeling. Kind of is. It's a lie. good feeling. <laughs> uh, Chase, how about you? Um, I'm feeling good. Definitely like catching up on sleep is a thing after Star Wars celebration weekend. Um, but yeah, along the lines of like pictures, I'm going to be sending a couple pictures from my phone to like be mm-hmm. printed, do some nice five by five by sevens just so I can hang them up and look at them because I don't know. It really just like it, 
it taught me this weekend because it's my first celebration as it was for Brian M. And, and this weekend taught me so much about my love for Star Wars, but also like about myself and in my life. Like it was like this really cool thing where I learned a lot about myself both inside and outside of fandom. So I just am like kind of mm-hmm. in basking in that glow and still trying to apply that like, you know, like go with the flow energy that Brian and I had going a lot together. We just kind of kept going <laughs> oh with each God. other throughout like every day, kind of with each other or not. And, and that, that was just like, I'm like, I want to do that right? every day yes. right? in my entire life. So yes, yeah. Chase and I realized we, I think we're both far more similar than we ever would have imagined. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We're like, Oh my God, we're at the same. Yeah, we're so. like, we're like the, um, the non-binary twins, which I'm forgetting their name from the higher public. Oh, That's who we that. are. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. So hopefully we both yes. live though, because I believe one of them died. Yes, one of them did die. So you know, mm. I guess I'm older. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll give. I'll give life no. to you, Chase. I'll give life to you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Brian. Um, yeah, I think for our first celebration, minus the vintage one. You know, the vintage people usually been around the block a while before the other ones show mm-hmm. up. But um, like we were spoiled. Yeah. Like this is I like. We were, I don't know, I don't, oh, yeah. the three of you deserve all this. Like, I don't feel like I deserve oh, all the spoiling that I got. No, like, come on. I mean, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, like I have been using the same line, I think, all week. I severely underestimated everything. I severely underestimated how many people I would know. I severely underestimated how many people would know me. I severely underestimated the amount of people. I severely underestimated <laughs> 24 hours in a day because Lord knows I arrived at the convention like every day at 10 and I got home at like 2. Every day. Yeah. <clears throat> and I yep. don't. Yep. Yeah. And then I was like, that's a lot of hours in a day. I don't know where they went because I don't remember anything. All I know is I feel joyous right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was the- I know. It was like your, my body was exhausted, but my yep. soul was so yeah. well yeah, I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. The kindness of others kept me a- going as well, too. It just it was just all around us. Yeah. I mean, every day, yes, every day was something was new a- in the best way possible. And I... Yeah, that on top of seeing so many friends I hadn't seen in many years. And, and like you said, you, you're lucky that you came to the celebration knowing that many people, right? And people would recognize you because not everybody gets that the first time they go, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like you hit the ground running, yes. which is pretty cool. Like, oh my God, I would like walk. The, I felt, I mean, honestly, not to brag because that's really not what I want. But like, I felt like I couldn't go five minutes without someone like saying something. And okay, it was just so nice. And how many people I met who are listeners of the show that are not on social media, especially like there's a lot of queer people that are just like, they just stay away from social media and they would recognize us still. And it was just like in the stories, like honest to God, like we kept saying this over and over and over again, but like our steam Queens, like there's like just a genuine, like, real real connection and like the hugs i got there was so much mm-hmm. love there like i'm just like yeah i can't even yeah. tell you how appreciative yeah. I and am. they it's showed amazing. up for the queer meetup boy did they yes. show up i was just that was awesome oh yeah the meetup and our panel like oh my god like we filled up that room i i was telling them we went and saw star wars explained like a few days before which of course Fill up the room because their Star Wars explained. Right. Alex Amali. Also, thank you, Alex Amali, for having us on the show that on Wednesday. Fun. That was so much fun. <laughs> that was so so fun. Much. We're being so treated fun. way too well. So fun. Way too well. This is like, anyways, <laughs> like it must be Pride Month. Right. It's our month. 
Armand's Armand? make sure Basket if you haven't listened yet, listen to my conversation with Jared last uh, that came out to yesterday. Oh God, no! When did it come out? Wednesday. Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. Know. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Again, time doesn't exist after celebration. But Jared just came out last year. <clears throat> as he came out as bi, and like we were talked about his first year experience of being openly bi, and it was a really wonderful conversation. I appreciated it. Um, but yeah, our listeners turned out like turned out. And then I see Keith and Buck in the steam room right now. I got to go to dinner with Keith and Buck. It was the most amazing thing. And our friend so, Luke, yes. I got to, Brandon, Buck, you know, I loved you. Like, I love you dearly, but also, like, step to the side so I can hang out with Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Cole. I love you, Buck. <laughs> but Brandon was so amazing. Oh, my God. Like, and what a perfect little couple. Like, peas in the pod. Like. Oh my God, gorgeous couple. Just like personalities just perfectly matched. So different, but exactly the same. It was great. It was so great. All right, I'm going to ask each of you because we do have um, three episodes of Kenobi to talk about. So this is going to be probably a longer stream. So buckle up, get another drink if you need one. But uh, for celebration, Emma, let's start with you. What was your favorite memory of celebration? Hmm. There were so many really good memories, but my favorite one is probably the one that I tweeted about where people came up to us after our show and said, like, this is our first time hearing you. Yep. Like, so, you know, we had new listeners, we had new people coming to the show and they liked our vibe. Like we, we delivered, <laughs> you know, we, we, we put on a show that was enjoyable for people that weren't already yep. familiar with us and that showed, you know, the, the effort and the love that we put into what we do. A hundred percent. And this one right here that I just had up on screen made my day, made my day with like the nicest, yes. like the nicest compliment, like the nicest compliment. Um, hello, Scotty. Oh, I loved meeting this person. IRL. The best. I loved the it best. so much. Like the best, the best. There was one person that probably totally surprised me on like who they were online slash YouTube versus IRL. And I think it was Scotty because Scotty is also the, Oh my God, Scotty from, you know, Tross reactions, but also just like really like so chill and so nice and like a great hugger, a the great hugger, vibes. great, great hugger. Yeah. Um, Mark, how about you? All right. Well, along with the people that did come up to us and complimented the show for various reasons, those were awesome. I mean, those, I loved hearing it over the weekend, but I think I'm going to start almost at the very beginning, the, the morning of the first panel on Thursday. Um, I was sitting next to my friend Christine and it was her first celebration. It was her first time meeting all these people that she had gotten to know over the last year or so online. Right. And I was sitting Mm -hmm. with her and she was just like a little kid just smiles. There's tears running out because she's just looking at all this, this stuff, you know, it's like, it's real in that moment at her first celebration and just being next to somebody enjoying it that much made me enjoy it that much more. So that that's one of my favorite memories. That's awesome. That's really, really, really awesome. Uh, Chase, how about for you? Um, I 
would have to say, like, I think just the, the, the queer meetup that we had, it was just one of the highlights of the weekend. Like, I have two other, like, very strong highlights, but I just have to say, speak to that really yeah. quickly because it was such an amazing group of people. Um, people who listen to the show, people who don't listen to the, the show, queer people, straight people. Um, it was just good vibes. It was so fun. Um, the music was right. Like it was just perfect. It was so fun. I had so many amazing conversations mm-hmm. with everyone. Again, everyone was just so nice and so welcoming. I just felt like it was a really big night of like connection and, and a really amazing way to start the weekend. Like that was just like one of the best like little parties I've been to in a minute. So it was a hundred percent. Also, Mark and I came out of that party richer. Yes. Coins jingling with quarters. Yes. Yeah, a couple, a couple <laughs> She's dollars. Making it rain. I'm still uh, finding money. It's like, Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. Anytime. <laughs> I can go to a party without taking my clothes off and still get paid. I'm like, hey, right, exactly. I mean, I'm not opposed to the other either. Like, I'm mm -mm, equal opportunity employer, equal opportunity money getter. I am here for all. (laughs) What's so funny is I came back and I told Blake this story about me putting a twenty dollar bill to get coins, like to get quarters for jukebox. It didn't even take quarters, by the way. So I had twenty dollars worth of quarters, and I told Blake that story, and he was just—he just reminded me. He was like, "You have the worst luck with jukeboxes." And I remembered, like, there he has like twelve stories of me just like dropping money on jukeboxes that go nowhere. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's a trend, and I've identified it now. And I think I just love the go. music. So. I think it's um, analog. Not mixing with uh, young digital technology—that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But so, well, but the, here's the thing, though: is like the jukeboxes themselves are in the middle because it's okay, like they're, they're like true. super that's high true. tech, yeah, or they're exactly. super not high tech. And so I never know what to bring. So I just bring a twenty and then get quarters and use none of them. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I think I mean everything. The whole weekend was just crazy. The meetup was awesome. Yes. I have to. I think. I think. The panel was my favorite because, like, like I was saying, we went and saw Star Wars Explained. Of course, they filled up the room, and I was really nervous. I was really nervous, but I think we all were before we went out there, yep. right? And I was like, okay, totally. well, I know it's going to be empty. Like, there's no way this is a big room. There's, like, no way this can happen. And then Chase and I ran to take a little bathroom break, and there was a line. I'm like, oh, my God, wait. I think there's a line for us. This can't be happening. And then we opened the doors and then it just kept coming. And like, I would say half that crowd was our steam Queens who just like, honestly showed up and buck like the amazing, wonderful, beautiful buck came with party gifts. You know how many pictures I saw of bubbles on Twitter? I was like, boom, I kept getting credit. People were sending me DM and you brought bubbles. I'm like, that was not me. That was our friends. It was so wonderful and loving but then to see all the new people, but also to see there was probably 15, 20 people from the meetup who didn't listen to our show, but came afterwards. And I just looked out to that crowd and I was like, this is, I've said it. If you've ever listened to me on anyone else's podcast, I always say this with no tea, no shade, but we have like the best listeners. Like it is just the most caring, supportive network of people. And every time that we had like a group, whether it was the queer meetup, the panel, it was our dinner, it was our hangout in my hotel later that night on Saturday, like the love that was there, it was just all so genuine. And there was like, it was just like people equally as excited to see one another. And I think it's what I'm the most proud of is we've started talking about Star Wars 
We talk about so much more than just Star Wars. We go off topic a lot. We are not a Star Wars show that talks about the news. We don't talk about the latest drama with whatever. We don't talk about act. We don't. We talk about the themes, the morals, and the emotions in Star Wars and figure out how that can adapt to our real life and to hear people who are just want to connect with people on a human level and not just talk about like Star Wars trivia, which I love Star Wars trivia too, but like we're, I feel so fortunate that we're able to go beyond that one on the show. And now it's proof in the pudding that we've been able to go beyond that with the people that we interact with. Like, and it went from a digital, from digital to analog. It went from a digital, like connected there to like real life. And I'm just like, I'm really, really proud of that. And I'm really, really thankful because I just never in a million years would have thought this would ever happen. So like, honestly, thank you. It's, Thank you. It was everything. Yeah. It was everything. Okay, before we leave celebration, our friend Chris can't make it tonight, but he sent a question. So let me ask you the question. If I can open my phone. While you open your phone, since it's Pride, I also just wanted to say I met someone after our panel and they were so kind. And they gave me their non binary flag pin with the Rebel Alliance logo on it and i just have to say like i don't i don't remember their name and i don't know if they're on socials but if they are listening by any chance i just have to say thank you because it was like one of my favorite moments and just being able to connect with like another i connect with many you know non-binary fans but to just to, to, just to talk to someone in that generous gift of just giving me their pen like made everything for me it was so so sweet so i have that pen very close to me at all times and yeah I know the things that people brought and yes like that kind of connection someone gave a pen to tom and they said, I hope you don't get offended by this, but this is actually for Tom. I made this. And there's something about Catholicism, I don't know, like way over my head. And like they just said, you know, I love this show, but I really connect to Tom. And Tom, like Tom's stories about being queer and Catholic just really, really speak to me. And I really want him to have this. It was the most beautiful thing I brought at home. And Tom was like, wait, me? Like me? Oh, I'm the one that can do that. I can yeah. see him doing that too. Uh, I'm oh. telling you, he was so incredibly touched, and he did not know what to do with it. Like he just did not know it. It was a really, yeah. really wonderful. Well, thing. I mean, right. I mean, to be fair, Chris, you and Tom started it all. I mean, you know, you brought us together. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah. thank you and Tom because I mean, everything yeah. that happened this last week is so super and real. Just. Again, the connections with people, the feedback, having people tell us, you know, things about how listening to the show helps them be a better uncle to their niece who has come out to them recently. I mean, those sorts of things that we heard all weekend. And then to top it all off with that shout out on the celebration stage. I mean, you saw how I yep. reacted. I was a hot mess. I say <laughs> it was not oh my pretty. God. It was not pretty. You cried into your yeah, tacos. So, <laughs> so thank you both. Thank you both because no, you know thank you, you put in your time and and then you put out the call for queer people to come and be at that round table and the rest is history. So yeah, yeah. it really, really is. <laughs> this is very nice, Eric. Thank you. I don't know if I believe it, but I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. Y'all have quite literally changed the entire landscape, and it was so obvious at celebration. That is so so sweet yeah thank you uh hope yes thank you for the reminder i just received hope asked did someone record the panel it was recorded i just got the mp3 or the wave file today so i've got to clean it up a little bit and put some 
put yeah, some put pink some milk ribbons and rainbows on it. it make it all pretty um, yeah <laughs> yes so hopefully i'll get it out early next week again i'm now editing on an 11 year old imac so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a stone tablet compared to your digital i'm over here like chiseling away for 100 percent. 100 percent. all right our friend chris asked this question um yes Uh, I thought Sublation had a lot of super positive fandom energy, and I came out feeling super great for Star Wars fans. Then I checked social media, and it felt like whiplash. What do y'all think? Chase, let's start with you, because you're really good at these, like, diplomatic answers. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Um, I think that that's a very, you know, astute observation. I think that's very true. I think a lot of people feel it. It was interesting being at Celebration and like even when I didn't spend a lot of time on my phone, but when I did go on my phone and check Twitter, um, it was a different vibe. And I think it's just important for all of us to remember day to day how we engage with our phones and how we engage with social media because there's so much amazing stuff there. But sometimes like on days where our mental health doesn't feel as fortified and doesn't feel as strong, it's important to know like how easy it is to be absorbing energy that we don't necessarily want to claim and we might not even be aware of ourselves claiming that energy. So it's just, I think, a very a suit observation. I think it's very important for all of us to know it and, and, um, also go forth and try to make online spaces as positive as you can. Um, and as authentic as you can, but yeah, hundred percent. And speaking of, uh, positive spaces, if you have an iPhone, make sure go to our Twitter and hit the link tree. We have a spaces, which is a for LGBTQ plus app by LGBTQ plus people. And we have a little space there. Uh, I see Casty here and Paul's in there and bucks in there. Uh, it's a really positive spot. Like, it's just queer people. No, actually, no. I think we're the only space with, like, allies in there. So props to us for that, too, bringing in everybody. Um, uh, But it's, like, there's no negativity in there. It is not Twitter. It's really, I'm really glad that we're growing there because I'm having more and more fun in that little app than on Twitter um, because it's just great. Uh, Emma, how about you? What, What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it comes down to a lot of it is just the medium. Like, um, it's really easy for keyboard warriors to be negative and snarky and to try to get attention by trying to be cleverly cruel and, um, and air grievances, you know, like it's always so much easier to complain about something than to talk about what you did like. So I think that's what it comes down to. And like, when you're experiencing something in person, you know, you're vibing, you're face to face with human beings and you're exchanging energy and you're, you're interacting on that level. So I feel like it's really easy to amplify and emphasize negativity in an online space. And it's a lot easier to do it there than it is to do it like in person. I like that. I agree. I think I agree. Mark, how about you? Uh, for me, it's, I mean, it's tough. You, you don't want to let that negativity in, just as you folks said. I mean, but it's sometimes so hard to look away, you know? Um, but again, it's a lot of the same over and over again and people complaining and they wanted it to be this way or that way, or they think that the reason why this character is like this is because of pandering, whatever it may be. Right. But in the end, yep. it's like these folks have that space. They've always had the floor, you know? And, 
other people are allowed to exist within that space as well, too. We're all here to enjoy it. It's like, it's just like real life, you know? But it's like, you have to be able to, like, leave the door open for everybody to share this because nobody is trying to boot anybody out. We're literally trying to exist yep. together. And just a lot of people are just so afraid that it's not about all about them anymore. And, you know, they lash out and they lash out in the worst way possible. And it just, it, it does, it gets to you after a while. But again, when you're at celebration amongst people and we're all having a good time enjoying these things, you don't think about that. Maybe there are people who are upset, but you know, it's like you're not seeing people just have a complete fit and start, you know, just stomping on the floor over it, you know? Um, yep. I, yeah, I take, I take that, that positive energy from the conventions and I write it for a long time because it, you know, it, it comes to a point between the conventions, especially as you get closer to the next one, where you can be completely just worn out by it. And I know I was over the last couple of years. It, there were times where I was like, I don't know if this is for me anymore. You know, and we've talked about that before. Um, but, you know, I'm so glad that I wrote it out. I didn't let it all get to me in the end because in the end, I was rewarded in the best way possible. And that's not what I was doing it for. It just simply was that I just saw it the whole way through. And then on the other end of it, it's like, this is why you do it. This is why you're there. This is why you go to these celebrations. So you can see your friends that you haven't seen in forever and meet new people, people who are going to bring light to your day to day and add to it. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I sum it all up to is that, you know, in the end, there's just so much more positivity out there than negativity. So it's just, you got to do your best to not let it get to you as much as it may hurt. You know, we're, we have each other. We have each other to talk with this about. And we have to focus on that. And if we do have to fight, we do it together as well, too. As simple as that. Yep. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I think for me, you know what? The way I think I'm going to start looking at this, for me, Twitter's only <laughs> as real as I let it be. Like, I, I, can, I can so easily yeah. ignore what I want to ignore. And, you know, I used to be a big, big advocate of not muting and not blocking. Like, that's where I was at that point in time. But I think I've grown and I've changed, especially after this. Like, I can make Twitter as real as I want it to be. And I think there are a lot of Twitter people who aren't even Star Wars fans, but they are attracted like the Sith to the dark side of the attention and the the notoriety, which is just so unfortunate to be a part of this. The only fandom I'm remotely that I am a part of, like not even remotely, the only one I'm a part of is Star Wars, which is kind of notorious for being so toxic and negative. So people flock to it who I don't even think like Star Wars. And for me, the real Star Wars fans are the ones at Celebration. They're the ones who are going to like dip into their pockets, travel internationally like our M here if they need to. They're going to take their friends, their family. They're the ones who love it enough to like show up for it. And if you're just going to sit there and tweet a bunch of nasty stuff on your phone, then you weren't going to show up there. And therefore, you're not as you're not the kind of fan that I want to be around if you're even a fan at all. So my mind, I think I'm going to really work on just like completely tuning them out and remembering the good people because they're on Twitter too. I mean, yeah. 
and I was just going to say too, like, I just love like Will brought up this point of like, it's like, it's important to remember that like convention is a privileged experience. And like, like I, I agree with what you said, Brian, but also like, yeah, like not yeah. everyone can afford yeah. to do that. And not everyone can like, has the privileges to be able to do that. And so what I think is so great to think about for people who do yeah. attend a convention is like, and have and soak up in that, like that love and gratitude for something they love is to like, you know, push it forward in any way, you know, in, in any way you can, um, energetically, yeah. like I said, on online spaces, it's just kind of pushing that yep. forward and like, and including other people, like I, I try my best to FaceTime friends yep. who can't, couldn't yep. be there, things like that. And again, like, so like there's only like practical ways to do it, um, to include everyone, but also just like kind of keep that, that positivity moving and kind of pushing that, pushing that back out into the world, like receiving and yep. then putting it back out. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, like, like honestly, there are really are a lot of really wonderful positive fans on Twitter. You just have to like find them. What and you we, make have to, of it? we have to find each other. Yeah, we have to find each other. So I think for me, you're right. And that is a very privileged outlook. So I, I apologize, Will, if that came across the way I didn't want it to. But like the people who are willing to show up for Star Wars. That's what I want. We can disagree with things. We had a chat about that today on Spaces, you know, like. It's no secret. I didn't particularly like the book of Boba Fett. Hopefully, like I was still able to engage with our audience and the people that did love it. My not liking it is not in any way, shape, or form trying to take or uh, take away from you enjoying it. That's great. That's that's what I want. I want to talk to people who loved it because you can critique something and not really go after it. And that's what celebration was like. You heard all sorts of conversations about people who like different things, and they were just sitting. And having a conversation about what they liked and what they didn't like. And then found the one or two things that they loved. Oh, my God. We both love Han Solo. And that's what they had the rest of their conversation about. It was great. <laughs> it was great. It was the greatest It was the greatest feeling. Um, so talking about two worlds, trying to figure out how to be together. I think that's a great way to bring in Kenobi. We're trying to figure out how to make the Jedi of the past with the lack of Jedi in the future. Where is, where is our boy Obi-Wan going to go? Where is he going to go? Emma. Where, real quick, what are you thinking from this show? What are you getting? Um, I, now that we're like three episodes in, like the story is turning out to be a bit, a lot more contained than I thought it might be, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, I... Like I, I just I I'm I feel like at the end I will want more, but <laughs> like we'll see how the next couple of episodes feed us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I rewatched all the episodes recently. So I've seen them multiple times now because I'm watching them now with Sarah. And um and we just watched episode three again tonight. Yeah. And <clears throat> And I was just like, I don't know. Last night I was talking to my best friends and one of them was pointing out like inconsistencies and plot holes Mm -hmm. and thing. And I was just like, yeah, she has a point, but like, can I just enjoy this? (laughs) I think we've learned if anything in Star Wars, a plot hole is just leaving room for another story to grow in. Because at some point, all those plot holes seem to get answered in one way, shape, or form through whether you got to wait 20 years to get to it. <laughs> I don't know. 
Like she was one of the things that she was nitpicking was the fact that Reva used the backflip when she was running along the rooftops. And yeah. she's like, well, she's doing parkour. And like that, in, when you're doing parkour, you just want to use momentum as much as possible. And a backflip would kill your momentum. And I was like, no, 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 that's like an Easter egg. It's a reference to the prequels of how like Obi-Wan and Anakin were always flipping around and doing crazy jumps. And I'm mm. like, that's just how force users move. And she was like, oh, well, I'm not that familiar with the prequels. <laughs> I was like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you, speaking of the prequels, this, like, long time, forever prequel stand. Chase, I know you got to be feeling the same way. I am, we are, all of us are getting so well fed. Oh, my God, chapter part two. Like, look, if you've listened for more than five minutes, you know, like, Attack of the Clones is like, everything to me and that episode was so attack of the clones the jokes were attack of the clones the mm. and the gloves too was very attack of the clones i was like oh my god <laughs> all of okay i'm gonna get ahead of myself i'm sorry but yes like the prequel of me that's why i have my new prequel posters in the back because i want them to be the ones that like you can see all of them at all times because the prequels are my favorite star wars and i love it mark but yeah, how are no, you feeling sorry oh. i just i feel like i have to redeem myself because i rambled a bit <laughs> basically yes so i guess what it comes down to is i'm loving how they're feeding the prequel fans it, this is yep. i love how it's this is what it's for and and i it's great how they're capitalizing on like we've already mentioned on the show before that the prequels are kind of having a moment now and people are appreciating them after them being so thoroughly reviled for Time by yep. a very large segment of the fandom, and it seems like a lot of that animosity has really died down. And now you have a new generation of people like Chase, uh, the little whippersnappers, <laughs> <laughs> who see the prequels in like the best possible light. So, yep. yeah, I, I really, I, I think it's very clever of them to sort of capitalize on that cultural zeitgeist. I love it. Mm -hmm. I have to say, like, I think I am so grateful that that Ewan is an executive producer. I've been watching all the interviews with Ewan and Hayden, and I was watching one last night, and Ewan was like, you know, what's so great about social media is we get fan reactions right away. We didn't get them back then, and the critics did not like the prequels, and the critics kept saying over and over that they don't feel like the originals, and he's like, we would all get really frustrated because George made it was intentional that they were to not like the originals he wanted to experiment and give a total different flavor and i feel like having you in as an executive an executive producer was under george from the very beginning and knew everything that the prequels were supposed to be and i almost feel like he came into lucasfilm helping guide the story with a love and an understanding of what the prequels were from drafts to like every take and watch how that story grew and changed over the decade or so that he had to made that made them. And I feel like he brought a respect to the prequels that I don't feel was there at the very beginning. And I'm really appreciative to that because I, I think it's, it's just great. Oh my God. I love it. Uh, Mark, how are you feeling about the show? Oh, I'm loving it quickly. Like, yeah, I'm really overall. loving it. I Perfect. mean, I love little Leia, Lola, I love that we're getting to see a little more of what Leia's upbringing was because a lot of it is so much has been focused on Luke, right? And don't get me wrong. Yep. I love Luke. Not a problem. But it's just that now we're getting to see how Leia became who she is, was, you know? Um, and then the relationship with her and Bale. I mean, it's perfect. Those moments together. Like I was rewatching the first episode again and I was just like, 
I, I just love it. I want to live in this moment. I just absolutely love their interaction, right? The way that he treats her, you could see why she became the person she was later, right? Um, and and she's a little firecracker already, you know? Um, and she's bending the rules in any way that she can possible, you know, because there is her life is going to be somewhat rigid because of her upbringing, because of who she is and who she represents and, you know, how important she is going to be to the planet later once she's an adult and in the public eye. Um, and there's a little of that already. We see her waving, you know, to the public. She has to be a public figure to a certain extent already. Um, but between that, I mean, moments of actually being afraid, even though we know some of these characters do live it doesn't stop me from like getting nervous or freaked out over the situations they're being put in. And I think that is, that's huge for a show to be able to do because, you know, I've seen plenty of shows where you go back and it's like a prequel type uh, setting and there's no suspense because you know, they're going to be okay. But the way this is played out, it's done in such a way where I'm still getting all the feels. I'm still getting the excitement and I'm wondering how this is going to play out. And, and unfortunately, we're already halfway through. I, I wish we would get more as possible. We might get more. I think there's little rumors out there that we might see another season, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Um, Quinlan Voss, a mention, which I was not expecting. My, I was like, what is going on? Um, there's some speculation about who's playing that character. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for that as well, too. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Alex Somali so made it canon. They said they said it was fact. Yeah. Well, there you go. There so. you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna happen yeah. now. I there's, there's absolutely so much to be excited for. I, I really, really do love it. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect, and now that we're in it, it's just this little story of Star Wars that like I never thought I'd get, and I'm just excited to see it unfold. It's a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. And it's like you said, I mean, yep. it, I don't know, is it perfect? No, but who cares? We're enjoying it. You know, it's like it's so fun to be in this era again, you know, and back amongst the yep. sand. Yet, what again? You know, I'm yet again. But, you know, it's like <laughs> I know you love that. But, you know, we get to play with our little Jawa friends and the Opies there and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, things that make it exciting to be back on that particular yep. planet and all its denizens. So, um, yep, I'm there. I love uh, it. I'm loving it. I love it. I I feel like this just feels so Chase and I were talking like Mando feels like new Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars, but it feels like new Star Wars. And this Obi-Wan feels like Star Wars, the Star Wars that we've always known and always loved. And mm-hmm. I am just not some like I love the show. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I think for me, Star Wars is its own thing. I don't ever compare Star Wars to anything else because it's its own. Like I compare it to one another. That's it. That's why, like, when I say Book of Boba Fett is not my favorite or The Rise of Skywalker, like, compared to every single thing else ever, anywhere, superior. But compared to Star Wars, like, I just, that's that's my vibe. I just choose to just stay in a galaxy far, far away all the time. And then I come here to make some money and be, and then I take my family with me um, I, to galaxy far, far away and live there. I like what Paul says here, too, that uh, Leia is the I Grogu totally, of this totally. era. I think it's so great. Yeah. And Mark, I'm glad you brought up the. Uh, I'll get into this more with Tom next month when we when we do our little rewatch. Yeah. Um, that scene with Leia, every I've seen it like eight times yeah. now because it means everything. When she's on that balcony, and she's like, "I'm not even a real Organa." Like Bale and Bria, I thought we all thought were great parents before, but now, like yeah. that scene hits me so hard. Mm-hmm. I have had to have that literal conversation with my own children, and it just. 
It hits. It was so real. It was so honest. I've said this before. Someone on that writing team has adopted children, has had children through the foster system because they're, they get it. They just get it. So I know someone there has to have lived this experience. Indeed. And I, I made a tweet today again for pride month and I want to just take an opportunity again real quick to thank all of our allies that have got us here. I, I try my best to always thank the allies and yes, it's our month and I know allies don't get mentioned as much as I think y'all should because we wouldn't get here. And as much as we want to pretend like we'd get here just on our own, it's just not going to happen. And pride extends beyond just queer people. The ripple effects of, of equality go beyond just the people who are being brought up to be equal. If it was not for, equality, I would not have my three kids today. And if we didn't have those three kids today, those three kids wouldn't be able to call each other brother. And those kids are so tight and it means so much to me. It is more than my not being able to get fired at a job or my being like, there's a lot of things, but like it goes beyond us and it reaches other people. It reaches our families and it reaches everybody else who is not us. And it's just this most beautiful thing. And Leia and Bale just like give me all of those feels. Like it's just it was, it was so good. And their little like finger I know, hug. I at love the that. By the way, I, on that <laughs> note, yes. I love what Eric and Will said about this West Wing Santos. I, I oh, I'm there for it. Yes, oh, I absolutely love that. That would be great. And we'll love the fuzzy alpha profile pic. By the way. <laughs> yeah no we love our nightcrawler yeah, i i love the west wing so yeah, that would be fantastic to see something said in that era right just a little bit of the the intrigue the politics you know um as she's working her way through all that before we see her you yep. know in rogue one so to speak in that part of the timeline um oh. yeah Oh my God! This is making me. I want to see Leia in Alder in in uh, Andor so bad. Uh, Chase, how about you? How are you feeling about the show? Um, I'm feeling amazing. I'm kind of in your camp of I think it's perfect. <laughs> um, I I think what like outside of Star Wars, I think it, what I love so much about it is I feel like it's the least episodic Star Wars television we've gotten. It really just feels like bits of a movie, and I'm just taking like really long potty breaks. Like it doesn't feel oh. like. Uh, like it doesn't feel episodic, which I love. And Stranger Things is also really good at that. You don't really feel like you're watching like, especially season four, you don't feel like you're watching like an episode. Um, you feel like you're just watching the continuous, you feel like you're picking up a book and continuing the story and just reading more of it and then putting it back down and then picking it back up again. And so I think that's one of my favorite things about the show. Um, and then like within Star Wars, just as a prequels kid, I think I love watching Ewan and Hayden have time to play around and like reap the narrative benefits of like what they sowed in the prequels because, you know, um, uh, you know, Matt Lanter and, you know, the crew over in the, the Clone Wars, they, they got to play a lot with the relationships and the emotional stuff that was set up by Ewan and Hayden and they did great at it, but, um, Ewan and Hayden haven't really had the opportunity. So I'm just so happy for them. And it's, and it's so fulfilling being able to watch it as a fan of them and a fan of who established these characters and his arcs and his relationships. It's amazing watching them being able to like, sort of like, again, like reap those, those, those emotional and narrative benefits from all their work. So that's, I think, one of my favorite things about the show. I feel oh. like a lot of the show is taking little tidbits that we already knew and building on them. You know, like we were getting to see the transition of stormtroopers from being a clone army into being yep. conscripts, 
right? Yep. <laughs> and we're getting to see, you know, where Leia gets her <laughs> herself from, her personality from, <laughs> you know, like it's filling in so many blanks for us, I feel like, you know. Yep. You know, a hundred. It's so good, and then to see that poor, like washed up, like veteran, like down oh, and so out sad. on his luck, oh, and yeah. like yeah. it was like, and oh, knowing, yeah. knowing, um, Kanan's story and Kanan's relationship with the clones, you so you can like bring that energy and that emotion to Obi Wan, thinking he's got to have similar similar feelings, and that exchange, yeah. like, like. Kanan didn't get that. We didn't see that. We saw him run into three like fighters still. Like they were like, and then you like Obi-Wan was sitting there looking at someone just as used and as broken as he was. And it just like was a very humanizing moment. It was really, really beautiful. But I want to go to what you were saying, Chase, about about the Clone Wars, because we all like the consensus a lot of times is the Clone Wars made the prequels better. You know, like I I like to think of them almost as what Emma was just like wonderfully saying of we get a line drawing and these other things color it in. I don't think they're making them better. They're just giving more, they're adding more to them. But what mm-hmm. I think, I mean, first of all, Reva, Stan, also, if you subscribe to us and listen to us, which I guarantee you wouldn't anyways, and if you feel any of those things about Moses Ingram, see you later, bye, sorry. Mm-mm. But you're not going to listen to this anyway, so, <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> but that was just gross. All of it's gross. Um yeah, I think my favorite part of this came from part three more than anything. And like, I feel for the first time we're getting Anakin as Darth Vader and my whole that my whole belief system. And there are two different people. I feel by the end of the series is going to be really challenged. Like I am not looking at Darth it, Vader. I'm looking at Anakin that entire time. And I feel like only only Hayden Christensen could have brought that. And it's so good. Like Hayden Christensen's helmet acting. Oh my God. Like I know, I know my good opinions of Rogue One are not popular. Oh my God. Mm. My, that's what Obi-Wan was saying. Our little obi Annie stands are now like, mm-hmm. Hi, that's me. Sorry, cancel me, but that's me. But like, I, I love the hallway scene in Rogue One for the spectacle. It's amazing. But that scene for me, I love the dialogue, but between Vader and Krennic has never worked for me. I feel it's really uncomfortable. It's really awkward. The camera sits on Darth Vader way too long. I don't know. It's just never worked for me. Love the dialogue. Yeah, no, I love everything happening. I just don't. That actor actor couldn't do it. And Hayden is able to act through all of that and give us not Darth Vader, giving us Anakin Skywalker. And I am like, I never would have thought I would get that. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It really irons out the creases between the two personalities. I think you really put your finger on what I was trying to say on Star Wars Explained, Brian. You know, it's like, it really feels like Anakin is in there. It's amazing. Like, it's so amazing. It's like, he's a little more over the top. He's like, you know, dramatic and I don't know, the cape choreography. I feel like, I don't know if I'm the only one who used to be completely and totally obsessed with America's Top Model, but there was these two twins who would like the spinning choreographers. I don't remember their name, but they would always do these amazing spins. So when Darth Vader walks out of his castle and the cape just like flutters so perfectly, I'm like, oh my God, this really is the gayest show Star Wars has ever been. And I know I say that all of the time, 
about every Star Wars, but I think I really mean it this time. The cape choreography, the clapbacks, like it is like yeah, the reading. Yes, Everyone gets like yeah, red the house down boots. Yeah, yes. <laughs> all I see is Drag Race Untucked. That's all I can watch. That's I like. I'm just watching it, but in the Star Wars universe, it's great. Oh, you know who always has the reading glasses on? Leia. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Grandfather, oh, yes. maybe. <laughs> So good. Okay. Also, I just have to I have to say her her line delivery. Oh I went God. back and rewatched it a million times where it's like I don't know if you guys remember it, but like it's when they first approached like the scary like mole person, Freck, and and she's like she's like this is my friend, my father. It's just like the way she does it is just yeah. so adorable yeah. and so good. I just I, adore I have a question her. For that you little know. girl oh, is Leia. Yeah. No, she totally yeah, is. No, she's Leia. Yeah, yes. She's just Leia. I you know, obviously she's very very smart, you know. Um but I almost thought, just just my head canon, the way that she was able to read her cousin to filth was not just because she may have heard of this. I almost feel like that's how she tapped into the force and how she reads people. And that's going to come in handy oh, later, right? Oh, because sure. she's going to get yes, older 100%. and that's how yes. she becomes who yes. she becomes and is able uh, to do what she does. 100%. But yeah, she was just, she was, oh, yeah, she was no, force we, reading. Okay. So. Yes. We've talked about this before about oh how like her diplomatic She is a super gay. Are, she's like a super gay. Like she had, she's enlightened. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm go. <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, we've talked about this before, about how, like, we think that her force sensitivity expressed itself in her ability to, like, read people yep. in situations. Yep. And that's what made her such a skilled diplomat, Indeed. right? Yeah, 100%. I may not have seen much, but I can see. Yes, ways. yes, it's great. It's great. Like, you can use it, you can use it, like, to fight, or you can use it to, like, you know fight politically yeah. and socially and everything like that it's it, it yeah it's awesome and it really just balances out the yeah. whole luke and leia because in that so, sense so Palpatine had that down right yeah, yeah. he kind of had both yeah. he so. kind of had both which is why it makes yep. sense he got so yep. powerful he really had both and i down. think it really adds a lot of like really importantly actually this is really important i think um but it brings a lot of vil- uh, validity to uh Leia Poppins, like a queen that can go like that. Of course, she's going to float through space into her, like, of yeah. course, like that's just what she's going to do. Yep. And right. then when it's she great. needs to, she pulls out uh, an oversized blaster out of her bag and, you know. Exactly. There you go. I love it. She does it all. I may not have seen a lot, but I can see that. I was like, you go, bitch. Right. You go. I, oh, my God. It's <laughs> oh like my the God. best. I would never really call a child a, yeah, oh, my God. She's, no. and I, but I love to, like, she, <laughs> yeah, she is Leia, but there's like, <clears throat> okay, look. We all know that I love Solo and I love Alden's Han because that Han that Alden is playing is playing the it's all right, pal. It's all right. Underneath Jabba's thing, right? That's like my favorite Han Solo. Mm-hmm. What's the moment? The only mm-hmm. time I think it's the only time in all, well, maybe twice. Cause then it's like when he's his vulnerability around Leia, his vulnerability around Leia and Chewie are the only times you actually see who Han is. The rest is, is a, an act all through the original trilogy. And this Leia is the Leia who we know one of my, if not my very favorite movie in the original, my favorite scene in the moment, not even a scene, my favorite moment in the original trilogy is when Leia shares her little cookie with Wicket. And like, that is the Leia we're getting. Like we're getting that in her right now. And it's so good. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's great. Cause we're also, but we're seeing a side of Leia that we haven't really seen, but it feels just like her. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. 
Yeah. We're already all over the place. Let's start with part one, and I'm sure we're just going to not be able to talk part one, two, and three. But uh, Chase, what's your favorite part? Or no, 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 let's go to Emma. We started with you last time. Emma, what's your favorite part from part one? Um, Owen being a badass. Like, that was so moving. And, like, the look on his face when he's just preparing to die. Oh, my God. Yeah, Eric, if you're still in the steam room, this is all for you right here. Yeah, 100%. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, it was amazing. I take back everything bad I ever said about Owen I, Dream Crusher Lars. <laughs> oh, my God, 100%. Like, I think my feelings on Vader and Anakin might be starting to shift by the end of this. I think my feelings on Uncle Owen are going to possibly shift like after this, because yeah, like I didn't like that he threw the toy on the ground. That was messed up, but I understand kind of why he did it, but I don't like it. Oh, and then also seeing Leia running through the woods. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like seeing just, and like it's just so her. You know, like this is exactly how you picture Leia as a little girl. Yep. So carefree and headstrong and just using her time to do what she wants to do. <laughs> oh, thanks, Buck. A hundred percent. Here's Buck. Oh my god, this computer's so slow. Sorry, everyone. I just Brian, did. we better hear some apologies about no, I think it's directed at me. I think it's me. <laughs> Knowing my buck. Knowing my little buck. Uh yeah, no, 100%. And I have told all of you, but I can now tell our Steam Queens, I really want Haldo so bad. I know it's not canon. I know they don't meet yet, but I don't care. I just want to see Leia run up a tree and have a little purple-haired girl sitting there waiting for her. Like, I want it so bad. Like, just make it the ending shot. I don't care. Just give it to me. Like, well, I want it so bad. Well, you know what's funny is that the people from Haldo's planet are aerialists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if anyone was going to be up at the top of a tree randomly, it would be Haldo. Yep. Give it to me. Maybe they don't even know each other. Maybe they're on two separate trees and they just have like little like glances at one another. I don't know. <clears throat> also, hello, Brandon. Uh, Brandon joined our spaces today. So hello, Brandon. Uh, Mark, how about you? What's your favorite part of part one? Um, I, I think that the interaction with Obi-Wan and, and Leia as they're getting to know each other, having to hide, I think was where it all came together for me. Um, and I'm trying to remember, was it that first episode where he tells her you remind me so much somebody or oh, was it the second right okay so i'm i'm jumping the gun that we'll get back to that in part two but it's all leading That's up okay, to that right oh because we're seeing yeah. it we're seeing the way that she acts and there's so much of her father and her mother you know um that the, the sense of adventure the sense of being able to how to read people you know in both senses of the word um it just, I, I mean, I, I i don't know if I brought this up already or not, but the moment that I realized who that little girl was playing, I lost it. I was in tears. I had no idea we were getting that because we all thought, oh, it's going to be about Luke, blah, 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 right? Which would have been cool too, right? Yeah. But you totally like, I, I, it just caught me off guard. I was like, who's that little girl? And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, right? <laughs> it's just like tears. <laughs> When, look, I, I don't think I put it all together that even when they were going to get the little girl dressed up, like it was going to be her. 
And then we find out it's that little alien girl who's so cute. She told me you think it was funny or whatever yeah, the line yeah. was. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a decoy. Oh, my God. Right? It's Leia. And then we see her. I was like, oh, and that is like such a beautiful like it was just a really beautiful little nod. You know, it didn't need to be there, but it was so like, oh, my God, it was so perfect. And yes, I love like we're seeing I feel like even in Luke and I don't know if I recognize this until we saw until I saw this and met Leia, like even Luke's ability to trust everyone and and he's having a very similar journey with Obi-Wan. When we meet Obi-Wan and Luke in the cantina, you know, Luke's on board to trust everybody and look what happened. And, and Obi-Wan is very reluctant to trust him, but he's seen too much. But there is like, Pat, that was Padme. Like, look, this is all our options are right now. Go with your heart and ho- and see the best in people. That's what Padme always did. She always saw the best in people. She, you know, you were a fool. The Nemoidians were a fool to take that like, oh, sign of weakness because like, look what she did to them. Mm-hmm. She's like, I trusted you. You screwed it over. Boom. I'm going to take you out. Yeah. But like, yeah. we're really seeing that side of Padme and Luke too, through all of it. Like it was, and I tell I don't know if I ever put all this together, but like it was Padme and him that trusted Anakin. It was Padme and him that made him toss the lightsaber. Like it's, they're really, really doing a great job of paralleling Luke and Leia in a really beautiful way where maybe some of Luke's, <clears throat> whininess i'm wondering if for me it's going to be recontextualized now in a different sort of way of like no that's just kind of padme and it it, like he's expressing it differently but it's her and it's not whininess it's actually like beautiful and trusting his friends and relying on other people and owen is very much like you can't rely on other people because he he knows who luke is so he doesn't trust anybody it's just oh god it's gonna be so it's this this show is going to recontextualize all of the original trilogy and it's going to be great. And I'm here for it. Um, I think my favorite moment, and then we'll get to you chase. Cause I, I'm going to be embarrassed if I have to follow you up. Um, Oh, the line, I'm not going to have it all right. But at the end, when, when Bale shows up in Obi-Wan's cave, also, I love Obi-Wan's cave. It's very like, you know, minimal and almost modern in it's like utilitarian purposes mm-hmm. i'm here for it. it's just perfectly mm-hmm. decorated it's great it's great um when he's like you know obi-wan we need you you're the only one we can trust you know and he's like i'm here for the boy and bale's like you know more epic gay readings you know it's not just the boy and you know she's just as important as he is and i was like that line is so good like it's so good because again I don't feel like Leia has ever been like mistreated in the, in the original trilogy. Or I don't think Leia was ever like, I think we all gave Leia all the props that she deserved. I mean, she like, she started that movie like owning everything. Right. But what I don't think we ever really gave her respect for was her ability to use the force. And this is like really double it down. You know, she's force sensitive too. Like, and that's like, it's just great. It's great. And I can't wait to like, I want more Leia now. Like I want more Leia later. Like I want to see how she goes from this girl to the, get this walking carpet out of my way. Like I want to see how we get to her so we can eventually come back to the cookie sharing Leia. Like I'm, I'm really interested in that story. Um, yeah. yeah, Eric is right. Bale is speaking to everyone. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, Chase, what about you? What's your favorite from part one? Um, from part one, 
on like a like a like a giddy little stupid way. Just like Obi, ben, like Ben's interaction with the Jawa in the cave is so not talked about enough. It is such incredible world building, and it's just like it's just so organic and like you really have like that feels like such a relationship like that is just such oh my god Tuka, I Tuka, just, Tika, it, I would what, be remiss if I didn't the, bring that up what's the Jawa's name I, I, I don't I think it was Tika, Tika. there we go Buck yeah oh my yeah. god you're right um, though Chase it's like equal like justification for the Jawas as as Mando and Boba Fett did for the Tuscans because the Jawas were like oh uh, see through was like those filthy creatures and you see that little dirty hand touching land speeder is like oh a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and and so I'll say I say that I just I just adore, but also the music because I really expected the music to be very like on the nose and really I, I expect the music to just kind of like hit us over the head with like nostalgia and fan service. Um, but that's because I'm not a musician. I'm not good at music. So, <laughs> but John Williams is giving us like these like the most subtle like like notes that like to start like these themes like start out a little bit like oh that sounds familiar it sounds like that character and it just goes into something else and i just love that because you can just tell all of that all of that legacy is just peppered in but it's yeah. as opposed to it just being the main but ingredient. it's but it's, it's not john williams he only did obi-wan score it's like our first female oh, it's, composer it's, um, it's loki loki yeah. um what's her name oh my Katie? god What's her name? It's so good. She, she's yeah. Loki. Amazing. I feel like oh so gosh. amazing. I feel the music is also like it's Anakin's music. It's so over the top and like emo. And it's like Natalie Holt. Okay. Thank yeah. You, like thank you. I'm going to pout and I'm going to pout really loud. That's almost what this music feels like. You know what I mean? Like I could be big, but I'm going to be bigger. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I <laughs> love how every locale gets its own music. Like yes. the music for Alderaan. I need Gorgeous. it in my ears like twenty four seven. Natalie Holt knows how to do yeah. it. I listen to that. I listen to Loki all the time. <sighs> oh. Still, Silver's here. Silver, yeah. Thank you. That was such a magical. That was like those magical run into someone that you love and adore. Yes. Oh my god, that made me so happy. Thank you, Silver. I love yeah. you. We ran into each other at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> it was hilarious, actually. So yeah. she was like, "Who the hell's this coming mm. up on me?" <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, okay, let's go into part two. We'll circle back to part one if we need to, but what's our favorite parts, Chase? No, Mark, let's start with you. Favorite part of part two. So, well, going back to that, the, with, um, you and, sorry, Obi-Wan telling Leia how much she reminds her of somebody that she knew or that he knew, right? I mean, that spirit is there, right? It's, and it's hard for him because I'm sure he wants to share, but it's like, he can't, you know? It, the fact that he has to hide so many of those relationships that were super important to him, people that he loved, it's almost like he had to, he's gone back into the closet so that he can survive, so that he can pass amongst everybody else because that way he will not get killed. You know, if they find out who he is, what he represents, and what he stands for, it's over. And so it's hard to be right. on the other end of this. Like we've seen with Mando was one thing, but with this show, it's like, yeah, you're basically seeing Obi-Wan have to retreat into the closet to survive. And it's hard because it's frustrating. But you know that he has no choice. And so we have to yep. go through the journey with him. 
I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Like a hundred percent, a hundred. I have that in my notes. Like, <laughs> cool. And honestly, it's Pride Month. We have a lot of allies in here right now. This is why we have to vote. The stuff that's happening in Florida, the stuff that's happening in Texas. We had a moment of being celebrated, just like the Jedi were celebrated, and our rights are being stricken from us. We're watching it happen right now. And as much as I want to talk about on the podcast of living in my bubble and being happy for all that I fought before and all that, like at, at some point we're not gonna be able to live comfortably because we're gonna watch it get stripped away from us just like it did to Obi-Wan. And we're all we're all gonna have to be in the closet again. And I know Mark M and I all had to live when we had to be in the closet. And like F that I will never go back there again. It was the most horrible feeling in the entire world. It was awful, 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 awful. Will says too, like North Carolina too, it's happening everywhere. And just because we have the rights now, don't be one of these people like my mother who thinks she's supportive and like, but it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Like, but it's happening. It's happening. And this is how they do it. They go after the trans people first because like, they're the ones that are like the most universal, like it's just, it's hard. It's hard. It's awful. It's awful. They're going to go after the ones that they think they can pick off the easiest. And it's disgusting. And if we don't start standing up for them, they're coming after everybody. And then like, they're coming after everybody. They're coming at Roe versus Wade. All of it. We're watching it happen right now. And so we have the privilege and the joy of being able to talk about Kenobi right now when this stuff's happening. But like, let Star Wars be our guide to fight back, you know? And be more like Tala because this show is also super queer and it's allyship. Yep. And like, we talk about allyship all the time. Um, but like, the whole concept of like this underground path for Jedi and, and, um, just looking out for each other, looking out for each other, be more like Tala. Oh. And even if you find yourself on one side of the track, there's always time to jump to the other side of the track. Um, convince friends and family do the same. It's just important that um, we all look out for each other and sort of build these, um, you know, symbolically underground networks of support and love and inclusion to yeah. fight back. And I think another, another great point about Tala is that Tala is not an infiltrator. She, she, Join the empire of her own volition, which I think is very important. Mm -hmm. yep. Which is a very important mm -hmm. point. You know? Yes. It's like she joined the empire of her own volition, but then when she realized that they weren't on the right side of history, she changed her mind and she, she took it. She started using her privilege and using her power and using yes, that uniform using to liberate people. Yep. And honestly, like Paul says here in the chat, that's how gay bars were back in the day, 100%. And honestly, Mark and I have had the the wonderful joy of being on this podcast, but there's a co podcast called Lost Spaces yep. that's about the dying, the dying of gay bars. And it might sound cute and playful, but when you listen to the stories, so many of us that are on that show are older and you hear the sorrow that was also buried in those gay bars because those gay bars are the one place we mm -hmm. could be ourselves. And so we might've been dancing around, but there's always, there was always Mark, you can speak to this. I know yeah. like a sadness yeah. to them. Yeah. There's always a sadness buried yeah. underneath. And it was really, really hard because you knew the minute that it closed, you're going to have to go back into reality. And I like, we, I will not go there again. Like, it's just, no. no. Reminds, nope. And I'm not going to yeah. let my kids grow up in that world. It reminded me of uh, a line from Wig in the Box from Hedrick and Riangri and um, yeah. When they go back home, they turn back to themselves because that's what was going on a lot of times. If you didn't have an open environment to go home yep. to, the magic was over the moment you stepped out of that club and you had to go back to real life and go back to a home yep. where people may not know who you are. You're still hiding out. Um, and that it took its toll, you yeah. know? I mean, and, and a lot of times 
you know, things turned out okay, but it wasn't always like that. People got kicked out of their homes. That still happens to this day. Um, But that way it was tough. It was tough. But yeah, but while we were at the bar, I mean, it just, that was it. You lived it up. You danced all night. You made new, this is you made only new friends, and uh, <laughs> but yeah. you made you and made if, the most of it. And fantastic. If you want to see a visual representation, watch the music video for "Loving Cup" by Christina the Queens. Oh yes, Ooh, yes. We love Christina the Queens. Will I don't know if you've been here before. I feel like I would remember my wonderful Nightcrawler, but oh my God, come come. Because you're bringing it. It's scary to imagine going back in the closet with a decade or more of social media openness. I mean, yeah. Mm -mm. And I... I just want to say, like, it's, you know... I just think it's important every Pride Month to remind ourselves, too. It's like, people... Not everyone has the privileges to be able to come out of the closet. Being out is a privilege. And so I think it's just important to remember there are so many more of us than we even think there are. um, But unfortunately, not everyone has the privilege to be be able to be out. So that's just important. And I just send my love and, and we'll continue to fight for those people. I spoke to some of you at Star Wars Celebration, actually, who weren't out. Some of you that were married and didn't know what to do going forward. Like, thank you for trusting us with that kind of, those kinds of stories because it's a heavy weight to bear, but you're right. Like we kind of forget that everyone's just out. Like you just like, today like almost all my friends are queer so like i it's so easy to forget that that is yeah it's, it's easy it's to forget. not everyone 100 totally. and it's i wish it wasn't easy to forget because it's not great to forget that but 100 100 100 all right back to weird space wizards chase yes slave. chase yeah part two favorite yes. moment um oh my god you and i kind of talked about this at celebration it was when um obi-wan was like in that little like death sticks lab or wherever it was and like there's an explosion or whatever and you saw just so many freaking aliens and i was like this is insane i had never seen so many aliens on the screen especially like in a a tv show on on disney plus um and it was specifically i rewound for one alien and it was a guy with like a little bubble around his head round head around and it was Yes, I just adored him. I'm like, oh, give her her own series. Who is she? I need her name and number. I that part was, was like breaking bad in space. Oh my god! Oh, absolutely. And then the way absolutely, he used yeah. that later was so good. Ooh. Everybody bleeds. Oh. oh, and look at that! And then yeah. he takes out the bad guys with pink glitter. It is the gayest show ever. That was it gay. <laughs> okay, whatever. The word yeah. glitter is in it, and it's gay. And it's like poof. Drag bubbles. Poof. Go to sleep. It's a type of spice. And if you use it for too long, you go blind. Well, you know what? You don't like gays. You're going to go blind too. Masturbation. Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're hunting down Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that alien. Oh my God. I'm with you. And that's this show. Like there's been a lot of aliens all over the place. And my favorite thing that's happening that feels, this is where it feels like the prequels a lot is even, okay, Maz's castle's amazing, right? It's great. It's cool. But they use the opportunity to show off every alien possible. Like, I have a long pan on this and a long pan on that. Look at all the aliens are doing. This show, they're just there. They're part of the world. They're not getting any special moments. They're just there. And they're like a character just like everyone else. And I feel like, like even 
the the OT had a few more moments of like look at all these aliens but when the OT as the prequels came out George was like nope they're all just gonna be there's gonna be so many of them I'm not gonna give anyone a moment because it as part of the world yes. building it was just like you just accepted yes. as they were there and I think the show is doing a great job yes. of that they're nothing special they're just yes. a person like everybody else and it's so good like and and like he did he was such a cool character design and he didn't get any no. close up he's no. just there yeah it's no, making absolutely. me miss that that made me miss the the. 90s early 2000s star wars days because you know we would have had like five variants yes. of that one person he would have had a name he would have had all yes. of it now we're not going to get any of it yep. but i want it and an action figure yeah, someone make it take my yeah. money i want an action figure 3d yeah. makers please with your 3d printers start making some what are we going to call them let's call them yep. um quarter we're going to call them quarter Bulb. oh <laughs> <laughs> But it's spelled like Q-O-R-T-I-R. And then a Z. Let's put a Z in there somewhere that you're just supposed to know. Yeah, but it's yeah, silent. You're supposed to know yeah. it's silent. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> Mark, I'm sure it's really great. Mark, you're muted. Sorry. So like, I could be saying it could be like, we'll maybe it should have been. Quarter. No, no. It wasn't bad. I was just saying it could be like KOTOR, <laughs> but quote, or K-W-O-T-R. So, <laughs> oh, oh, I think we need to send a little email because this is really yeah. stacking up to be Quality. a nice name. It really okay. is. It really <laughs> is. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Um, Chase, let's start with you this time. Part three. For favorite moment. Three, yeah. Chapter three. I did not part get three. to talk about my favorite. Part oh my God, you did. Yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We're ping ponging all around. It's a lot to keep track like, of. The water We're naming out of my aliens. mouth. drinking. <laughs> I Oops. see, and I'm very excited about this opportunity to be extremely petty. Oh my god, I didn't talk about mine either. My favorite moment at the end of episode two is when I was vindicated by the fact that Obi Wan did not know that Anakin survived mm-hmm. and did not know that he was in the suit. Yep. Even though everyone yep. had argued that he might. <laughs> well, we all, yeah, he knew Darth Vader was around but he didn't know he was still around or that he was a walking lung i think i'm gonna say um my favorite part of part two was all of the running around like after he rescued leia mm. and like buying clothes and hiding and like only like it was just so like mystery lower levels attack of the clone it was just feeding me my attack of the loans like attack of the clones yeah. like Joy. It was such an uh, yeah, Attack of the Loans because I I feel like I'm alone in my absolute <laughs> adoration for Attack of the Clones. So yeah, maybe it actually tracks. Nope. It tracks. <laughs> okay. Oh my I god! Love it was AOTC. just so like it was such a lever. It was a love. It was a love letter to all of that. Like the corny. Like okay, one, two, three, go. No one's gonna see us walking. <laughs> like it was just. I loved every minute of it. It was so good. It was so good. Make me float like it was just everything about it like this girl you are in danger you you are smart you know but no i want to spin because i'm cute little girl make me float oh my god it was perfect oh my god and i also got to see forlom i was here for forlom like oh it was so good in the dinosaur all i thought of was yoshi from the original super mario brothers movie like i was just (laughs) living it it was great it was great it was the stupidest alien I've ever seen, but also like the greatest alien Amazing. I've ever seen. Not as great as our fishbowl quarter or quotor. It's not as great as quotor. Quartor. Okay. Yeah. I can't say it. Mm-mm. Also tracks for Star Wars. I, no, it's perfect. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
I love this. I'm like, well, just come back every single week. I'm sorry. Brian, my hetero boyfriend, and I saw it, Attack of the Clones in the theater 19 times. Girl, me too. Me too. That's a good hetero boyfriend. Yeah, the yeah. best. The best. I went and everyone left that theater. I went. It was the only time I've ever seen a Star War with a lot of people on the first viewing. And all they did was hate on it. And I was like, I will never again. Never again. And now to this day, I take a Star War. I see my seat with my family and then I go the next day and see it by myself because I need my one-on-one time with my yep. galaxy. Partner. Yep. Well, I love you. I, you're great. Thank you. Welcome. Love it. Everything. Perfect. Right down to Nightcrawler. I mean, right, come on. Right. So seeing the, 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 with, seeing the I, fuzzy I, elf picture, I was yeah. like, okay. Oh my God. So cool. <laughs> oh my God. I've been married. <laughs> yeah. I've been with my husband for 15 years. Who's also a confused Catholic. Like it's like tracks. I love it. I love it. Love it. Okay, uh, Chase, favorite part of part three? Yes, um, I, I talked a little bit about this on Star Wars Explained, but I just loved the moment. Um, well, I loved being horrified of Vader for the first time, and then I, on li- in live screen, on live, uh, whatever. And then I just like loved seeing Anakin, that, vi- that forced vision of Anakin that mm-hmm. Obi-Wan had, because it's really his trauma catching up to get him. Like, I don't want to sound like a broken record, because I've already talked about it with you guys. Um, but I just thought it was great, and they really took her, their time with it, and I went back to watch it, and it just, like, they take so much time with that moment. And it's so, you can just tell how disorienting Ben is, like how disoriented he is. Mm-hmm. And that's what trauma will do to you. That's what PTSD will do to you. It disorients you in that way. Um, and obviously, just as uh, again, a prequels kid, it just it fed my soul to see to see them opposite each other without being opposite each other and what's really going on. And it was just so good. And that Anakin was just so broody and and it was such a quiet moment in a show that doesn't have a lot of super quiet moments. It was so, so quiet and it was just kind of unnerving and I loved it. It was great. Uh, yes. hundred percent. Emma, how about you? Favorite part of part three? Okay. Um, well, I loved the music that they made for the Mining Planet, which was also its own distinctive music. Um, and a part that didn't make me feel good, but was very thought-provoking and satisfying was Freck's Imperial Flag that he <sighs> obviously painted, painted himself. Oh. Like, I love how yeah. the camera lingered long enough for you to catch that detail. Yeah. That it was yes. like, this is something that he made. Like, it's not like a stormtrooper handed him that logo to, like, put on the back of his truck. So he that everyone would know choice. that it was a storm. Yeah, so that everyone would know that it was a stormtrooper, like, transport sometimes, you know, like, whatever. Yep. You know, when, they're, when their guy didn't show up. It's like, he made that because he loves the Empire. Because he's just a regular mm-hmm. guy in a truck and he likes order. It was haunting. It was like, it was that it was moment. So in my Yeah. My favorite part of, of the Bad Batch, when you see all those people lined up celebrating, it was like very much that. And when Leia's like, I thought the Imperial was good at one point, like, they're not all your father, Leia. Like, I was like, oh my yeah. God, it was yeah. so good. hundred percent. And like, and not only that, but the choices that were made around the portrayal of Freck, like the fact that there's nothing about him that is threatening. He seems completely non-threatening, and yet he will send you to your doom if you're the wrong type mm-hmm. of person. It was even if you even if you, you look like or you could be, even if like it's like not only it's like he didn't even know they were the wrong t- type of person, he just knew that they weren't 
guaranteed the right type of person, which is even scary. It was, oh my God, the more we're talking about this, I'm like, if this was not Star Wars, if this was not like family, family friendly television, like, ima- like this is Handmaid's Tale level, like deception and fear of your government. Like, like the nicest people in Handmaid's Tale might also, well, I guess they're not nice, but you know what I mean? Like your, your most everyday common person will turn you in. It was really, really like this is this is the parts. I'm so glad you talked about this. I'm like a hundred. Like this is the subtle stuff in Star Wars that is so good that is like never talked about because we talk about the the cool lightsaber battles. Like no, it is those little moments that like they they sit in the back of your brain and like inform you of the greater world around you, but don't hit you over the head. And it's so good. And it's like it's. God, I, I love Star Wars. Like, oh my God. And Brian, I saw you yesterday. If you're still here, Brian. Uh, also, thank you for my towel. I need to show it off on camera here soon. Um, oh, it's great. Um, I also saw, so Brian likes Star Wars now in this <laughs> in the Star Wars Explained Shadows. <laughs> Only from you, Brian Orbach or Paul. Would I think that's okay? <laughs> but I got you. All right, Mark, how about you? Favorite um, part? I think part for three. me, it was just. Uh, the duel and then, ha- you know, coming together, um, the, the moment it's not verbatim, but like, you know, like, uh, uh, look what you become and it goes, you know, you become something far worse, almost like that moment. Right. Um, was interesting. Um, and it's just seeing Obi-Wan get hurt, hurt more than I think anything I've seen in Star Wars for a long while now. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, you know, and then to hear him, Obi-Wan screaming, and we said this on, on Star Wars Explained, that hearing him screaming and it sounded like Anakin, and I know that he's getting his revenge and everything, oh. it hurt like hell, yeah. you know, because I did not it like sure did. seeing our Obi-Wan go through this. And I understand nobody's perfect. Everybody screwed up. There's a reason why we are at this moment in time dealing with the drama that we're dealing with, right? But it's still, yeah, it was, it was a really tough moment to get through, and I haven't felt anything like that at, for a while. I mean... There were so many feelings there. Um, and again, it's just that whole, you know that these characters aren't going to die just yet, but it still doesn't make it hurt any less, and, you, and it affects you still. They, that's beautiful the way they've done that. I, I am just all in. It's great. I think it might make it worse. Right? In the end, knowing now that he's going like, to live through this. Like, he's going to live through this and know that his his brother, his son, all of that that his boyfriend, his very, the very layered relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like he has to live with the fact that he tried burning him. And also I think this Obi-Wan that we met, like also this is really like, we've always felt about Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan simple. He was there, you know, is the one thing or the not this show. Like it's recontextualizing all these characters. It's giving them so it's, Oh my God, it's so good. But I think it makes it worse almost knowing that he was going to live. Because now we have to carry it. And I want to circle back to the Freck thing because Brett Buck says something really important here, uh, especially with regards to Pride Month. Uh, Where did it go? So many of us have close family members that are Frecks. Like when you're that queer person that can't come out and you think you have a sibling or an aunt or a cousin or a parent that you can trust and you tell them and then, I mean, I, I know that's, that's probably happened to all of us, actually. I feel like that is a very queer story that yep. we thought we told the wrong person. And I have too many friends who have told the wrong person the first as the right. first person. So the ones that are going to tell That's, you that, like, you know, I don't 
He goes, well, that's your choice. I don't believe in it. Sorry, you know. Yep. And they turned their back on you. Yeah. Oh, my or, God. I remember, God, I was like 20, 20, 21. So this was, you know, still the 90s, early 2000s. My friend Zoe and I, like, her family came here from somewhere else and named her Zona because it was they named her after Arizona. And it was their freedom to be here in the United States. And they had to get through a lot to get here. And we were really, really, really close. And she would crash at our place every once in a while because she did not have the greatest of home lives. Um, and I remember like, like we were really tight and I got this phone call. I hadn't seen her in a few weeks and I got this phone call from some unrecognized number and it was Zona and she had to tell me that she found this church that were, they were helping her, helping her get back on her feet. And she didn't want to, but she had to call because part of coming to this church, she had to like find God and that through these people, she realized that homosexuals were wrong and we were sinners and that she could no longer communicate with me because that would touch her and it might send her to hell too. And like, she was so cold about it. And like, we were really close. It was like, I look back now and know she was in a really bad spot too. And like, it's, it's a layered, like emotional, like web, but I just remember like being on that phone and I was gutted, like gutted. We were really close. And yeah. And then because I'm me, I like to find humor in the most horrible places. She came to our house once with her brand new weave. And for years, I would find long really long black hairs in the corners of this. It would come back up out of the sink four years. I'm like, this bitch will not leave my house. She left me, but she's still going to stay right here. <laughs> like, Give me these little, I'm like, girl, I want to remember. I don't want to remember this anymore, but there they were. Anyways, I found that it was funny <laughs> and I decided that it was like the good parts of Zona that were sticking around to say, Hey, I remember you and I still love, I love that. So that's Aww. how I turned it into, but it was yeah. also funny. And it was like, nice. um, but yeah, like you don't know who you can trust. You don't, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, you know what, what's interesting, like, especially, you know, looking at Alan's comment about how, you know, oh, queer people face rejection from their families and that's why found family is so important. Yep. Like, I mean, as much as Star Wars is about found families, it's also about the breaking of families. Yep. And, you know, I mean, like that's even true. in this episode, you know, Obi-Wan talks about being taken away from his yes. biological family and talks about like, and he has a sibling he will never yeah, have a relationship with and doesn't even, he doesn't even know his name, you yep. know? Yep. It's too. Yeah. I feel like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's part of what makes Star Wars so relatable because yep. these stories are not just about triumph and hope and, um, and victory and finding yourself. They're also about, loss, devastation, humiliation, you know, and abandonment. 100%. 100%. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about that here on this show either. We need to talk about that more because you're right. I think my, for me, I think my favorite part of this episode, um, which is I feel like very on brand for Brian, is when Obi-Wan is on that transport ship with Leia and she's like really upset, understandably so, sitting in the corner and he's tinkering on something. We don't know what he's tinkering on. And he turns around and like he fixed uh, Lula, Lula for her. 
Lola. She was a droid girl. Um, that's right. Oh, God. But it was just like, it's Chase mentioned this how, or maybe it was you, Mark. I don't remember. Someone mentioned how Obi-Wan can't tell her who she is. Like, we can't tell her these things. And it was his way of connecting his father to Leia to, like, almost tell Leia who his father was because if Anakin was there, Anakin could be tinkering on that droid to fix it for his child. And it was like, it was so beautiful. And I loved it. And also watching Leia not know where she comes from. This is why if you adopt children, I highly believe that you should just be honest with them from the very beginning because those questions never go away. Here I am, 43 years old. Mm-hmm. My family still will not tell me about my biological father. It never goes away. It will always be there. It is not a threat against you or a lack of love for you. In no way, shape, or form is that life a threat to the life that we are all currently living. We are very open and honest with our kids. They were older, but even now, they're all, all three of them are starting to forget the life that they had, and they don't want to, so they ask us questions, and we tell them. Because that was their life. That was not my life. And they are more entitled to those memories than I am, as far as I'm concerned. And I know Leia's special. And I know Luke is special. But had everyone just been honest with them and like ditched that stupid Jedi way of thinking, like maybe things could have been better. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, the whole, all, all of the events of Bloodline would have been so different. Yes. Right? If yeah. people had been again, honest with Leia. The ripple effects. Would Banav even become Kylo? I don't know. Probably would be a lot less likely. Right? If you don't make your grandfather this big evil secret, like kids aren't going to be as drawn to it because kids are curious. And then because you're an mm-hmm. emo teenager, oh, I want to be to the dark side. I like the cure. I've been really into Depeche Mode lately. Let me do this. And all <laughs> of a sudden, like, you're forging a helmet with a jock strap. You're like, look at a jock strap. And you're like, wow. I'm kind of inspired by this. Right. I'm going to make a helmet based on a jockstrap. Right. And I'm right. just going to take the waistband and make it silver because <laughs> I just want to sniff jockstraps all the time. So I'm going to wear one on my face. <laughs> we love that for you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I love it when Brian writes fan fiction right. live. <laughs> it's great. Come on. <laughs> I'm not the only one that thinks Kylo Ren's helmet looks like a jockstrap. Like I cannot be the first person to say this. I'm sure, I'm sure you're not, but I'm sure you're one of the only people who have said it live on the internet. (laughs) 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 Oh, again, if you're not new here, like Brian doesn't keep anything inside his head. Not here. I keep it inside my head with husband and husband. Then I'm here and it's like, all comes out. Um, Okay. What do we think? Mark, let me start with you. What do we think as we, as we come to a close here, Mm -hmm. we've talked about all of these things. What are you feeling like the theme of this show is? Like, what are we, what is the show really dissecting? It's very interesting. Um, because as, as somebody mentioned earlier too, that um, with Obi-Wan feeling he deserves all of this, right? He has to atone for his sins now. Everything that he has failed at to this point, as if this was all his fault, right? Whether the Anakin thing, the Jedi falling, it's like, you know, since he's one of the few left, he really does feel like this is really so much of his fault, right? And I think he's trying to do right by Luke and Leia by getting involved in this way. Um, And I think in the end, it'll be cathartic for him. 
because he's going to realize, Here, here's what went wrong. This was my part in it, but it's not all my fault. And I have to make peace with it. I have to keep going forward because these kids are going to need me when they get older. It's not always going to stay this way, especially once he starts seeing the people start fighting back. It's going to give him some of that back as well, too, right? And that Obi-Wan that we meet in A New Hope will be at a point where, yes, he's much more mature. He can't fight the way that he used to, but he's certainly not going to go down without a fight, you know, because it was it was really, really sad to see him so worn down and, like, just get beat down the way he did. That was really, really sad all around. It hurt me, but I love that. You know, while some people might find that offensive because they're seeing their, their favorite character turn out this way, it just goes to show you, again, like what we saw with Luke, when life beats you down, it's like you're going to see them bounce back. This is that part in their story where they're not doing all that great, and they're allowed that because we have that happen to ourselves. And so I'm much more um, at ease with seeing that happen, however it may hurt to go through it. But when we get to the other end of it, I think it's going to make a lot more sense. Like you said, in the end, we're not going to see those stories that have happened or that will be happening, you know, the new hope, whatever, the same anymore. And I, I want that. I really want that. And I almost want something to be revealed that just completely turns something we think we know on its head. That's going to be awesome if that's what ends up happening. So, Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm going to follow you because I feel very much the same. Um, Hello, Ben. Oh, Ben's here. Hi, Ben. Love you. Those kisses were for you. I was blowing at the screen. I love you, Ben. Um, I think, Mark, very much I'm getting the same vibes of like this idea. And we didn't even talk about Reva. Like oh. I feel so bad. Like we didn't even talk about her. So Bad-ass. like next episode, it's probably going to be all about Reva, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a lot of her story. There's in yes. Freck. It's yeah. so much of these people. It's Leia. These things that other people have put on these characters, these expectations that other people, whether it's the empire, whether it's royalty, that these expectations that others have put on other people. And then we fail to meet those expectations, how we feel about ourselves later. And I feel like the show is so much of it's going to be about like finding oneself. And again, I'm telling you, it is the gayest damn Star Wars story that has ever been told. And it's so damn gay, but like chase Emma, I don't know about the two of you, but I know Mark and I, have lost friends to HIV AIDS. Like I know we have. And back in the nineties, especially, and this is so much, I'm putting a lot of this on Obi-Wan. Like when friends find out that they're positive and the shame that they feel themselves because society taught us over and over and over and over again, it was your fault and you kind of deserve this. And there is this like, I mean, Mark and I had these conversations. Mark and I were having these conversations getting our COVID test that it felt like it reminded it was really yep. hard. There was like this a layer of this emotional layer, yeah. at least for the two of us, that was didn't have anything to do with COVID. Yeah. It reminded us of getting tested and waiting two weeks because you know, this two was the time. Two weeks then yeah, to find exactly, out yes. what the sentence and was going to be, so to speak. You know? 
And you knew you had it. You knew you had it. I spent those two weeks talking, like figuring out what I was going to do because I was going to die. I had six months to live after this. And how am I going to deal with this? And then blaming ourselves and then hating ourselves for being gay because if I was just straight, I wouldn't have done this and I would be alive. If I wasn't, if I was straight, I might have a kid and a wife by now and I'd probably be a lawyer living on a white picket fence, but I'm not. I'm gay and I deserve this. Like there's all of that stuff that came with it. And we had to fight through that every time to build ourselves back up to, no, I didn't deserve this. This was, you know, and then, you know, whatever happens. But I feel so much that's like what Obi-Wan's, you know what I mean? Like, he was an out Jedi. He was living his life proud. He was out there. And then it was taken away from him. Now he's got to hide it again. And like we were talking about earlier tonight, how do you go back and hide? Yeah. How do you do that? And especially someone like Obi-Wan, who was not only celebrated, Obi-Wan was championed. Like, everywhere the show turns around, people knew who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. Like, they knew him. He was not just one of the nameless Jedis that the Martez sisters, like, didn't know. They're just everywhere. He was a championed right. exactly. Jedi. Right. And now yeah, he's he got to go a back hero. and hide. He was a hero of the yes. Clone Wars, just like Anakin. Yes. Yes. Like, I can't. I can't. And I just feel like that's so much of what this show is, is like, don't let people put on you who you are and who you're going to be and allow yourself to grow and change because of your experiences, not because of other people's experiences put on you. And I just, I really, and I'm curious if that really is some of what the show is about, how that's going to be put on to Anakin. Like, I need to see Anakin dealing with Padme in this. Like now I need it. Like I, we wanted it before, but now that I've met Vader in this and know that Vader's really just Anakin in this, like I need, I need to see how he's processing that. Like that's got to come out of the comics and make it onto the screen. Like, come on now. Got to do it. Got to do it. Uh, Emma, how about you? Um, so I don't remember the question anymore. Cause what, what do we, uh, what do we think in this shows about like what are the themes what are we oh, talking yes. about here? oh no i totally have an answer for that yes i don't know even know <coughs> i asked to reiterate here okay so i think that this show is doing a really great job of encapsulating the essence of who what the obi-wan character is and who he is like chase you shared a tweet earlier that sh- sort of made the argument that obi-wan when Obi-Wan sees Anakin in his nightmare and his flashback nightmare, like he's remembering Anakin's happiness, not his own. And I think that really shows how Obi-Wan was often a foil for Anakin and that Obi-Wan is a, was a true believer as, yep. as far as the Jedi order went. Mm-hmm. Like Obi-Wan was always a very conventional, dedicated Jedi. And, that part of that whole philosophy is understanding that you live your life for other people. You live your life for others in service of others. You serve other people's interests and you don't pursue your own, you know? And that was the, that was sort of the main uh, split between him and Anakin, right? It's like Anakin's inner life and emotional life was too elaborate and too like, uh, you know, it was it was too much a part of him. You know, he couldn't harness it and tamp it down in the way that Obi-Wan did. And I think now Obi-Wan is is confronting what what it means to be that kind of a person who is going to sacrifice everything in the service of others. You know, he like he fights it and fights it and fights it when 
when he's being called upon to to rescue Leia, but in the end, he can't, he can't fight it. You know, and one of the issues that my friend had with the show was it was like, well, these people, they're wealthy, influential senators. Why don't they just hire a Mandalorian to rescue her? You know, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? They have all the money in the world and all these resources and all this influence. And I was like, the thing you have to understand about the story is that they don't need Obi-Wan because of his abilities. They need him because he's Obi-Wan. Great. Mm. Love it. Love Mic it. drop. Boom. <laughs> uh, Chase, how about you? Um, for me, this show is kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about, but more specifically, just that like healing is a non-linear experience, mm. and that it's extremely messy. And I think that's like such a gorgeous thing to remind everyone yeah. we're all healing from so many things in so many ways, both as, you know, humans on this planet, you know, going through things, people in this, in, in the United States of America for people listening, you know, here in the U S um, and then also just on personal lives, like we're all just healing and healing is not a linear experience. We see, we see Obi-Wan sort of relatively okay at the beginning of part one. He seems pretty like, you know, he's not great, but he's getting by and he's just kind of fine. Like he's pretty like unbothered. He's having a great conversation with Tika. You know, he's just kind of vibing. Um, and then we start, sort of start getting these, these moments start trickling in. Okay. <laughs> we start getting these moments that like trickle in. Um, like I kind of talked about those like disorienting moments where he's, he's more or less triggered for lack of a better word um, with, with the sin, sins of his past, perceived sins of his past that he that aren't necessarily sins of his past, um, survivor's guilt, um, all the things, just like heartbrokenness, betrayal, like all these um, things he went through. It's just it's watching him go through this and watching it be messy with such an iconic um, role and such a hero for so many people. It, and it, it kind of makes me think of Boba Fett in a way where it's like I wish we saw more of that. I would have liked that show it would have hit a little bit harder if we got into like the messiness of what Boba, Boba Fett was, but instead we just kind of got, he wants to be good and he's, so he's going to be good and that's cool. Um, but I think I love this show because it's really getting into the nitty gritty of like, okay, Obi-Wan wants to be good. It is in his nature to be good. It's also his duty as a Jedi to be good. Um, but there's so much that's keeping him from that. And there's so much that's keeping him from just even experiencing contentment and peace. Um, and yeah, so I think it's just a really great reminder that, that healing is a nonlinear experience. That's what I'd say. hundred percent. I agree with Boba and brought that up on Star Wars Explained too. Like there was all, Boba, the book of Boba Fett had all the ingredients there to like hit really hard. And it was, I just, yeah, anyways, we're not going to talk about that. But like, I love what you were saying. And I, I really love the line at the end of part one, when Bale shows up, you know, to his modern cave and Obi-Wan's like realizes he has to answer this call. Like I, I don't want to, but I have to. And when he's like, I'm not who I used to be. And it's like, he's saying that to himself and all the guilt of just shutting down. And like, I don't care that the empire told me I couldn't be a Jedi anymore. I don't care that order 66 came around. I shouldn't have cared that the galaxy now thinks the Jedi were wrong. You know, I, I would like to think that in his time away, he understood, like he understood the Martez sisters point of view. Like I would like to think that Obi-Wan got there, but he's like, I knew who we were and I knew who we could have been. 
And I feel this tremendous sense of guilt that he walked away from all that because he now doesn't know if he has the physical strength to help everyone that he feels is it is his duty to help. And it was such a beautiful line. I, I really, I am eating what you're saying up and I agree. And I think I would, what I would really hope from the rest of the series is just sort of seeing Obi-Wan realize that it's not about healing. It's not about, it's not necessarily about getting to the other side. It's about giving yourself the grace to live in a healed and broken world at the same time. And like, that's how he becomes like the hero that we know, um, post, you know, post this after this story and in the original trilogy, in the original trilogy. So, um, yeah, just sort of like, it's more about, it's less about getting to the other side and being like result oriented and trying to just get to the healing part and being done and moving on. And more about just letting yourself live in that gray area and giving yep. yourself grace. And, I do hope, you know, though, all that. Uh, 100%. You know, with that journey that I talked about earlier, that when he, because maybe, I don't think that maybe he's got the chance to or just hasn't been able to connect with him because of all this trauma, right? That when he does finally connect with Qui Gon, it starts leading him down that path. Because I think that'll be really helpful. Qui Gon was there for that beginning, and they can talk about a lot of that. And I think. He's finally gonna. He needs his master again. It's like he's got to yep. be the learner again. And Qui Gon, if Qui Gon's the person to get him through it, I think it, that'll be beautiful. Talk about giving people prequels love. And I can't wait to see the way that those force force ghosts, assuming they're coming, um, those force ghost visions between Obi Wan and him, and parallel Obi Wan and Luke in the original trilogy. Like that's gonna be really really fun. You hopefully. Know, because we didn't give Reva really any love, like I have to say, I hope this next half, because that's the same story I'm getting from Reva. Like we haven't even had a ton of time with her yet, but she is just as broken. She is just as broken. Indeed. And this was her way of figuring out how to get there. And I really, I, I, I really want like that character to realize she doesn't have to be bad. I, she's done some horrible things. I mean, she's pretty darn evil and like she's really evil. But like, I think I want her to understand she doesn't have to do that. And there really is, I, I know no one agrees with me, but I really want her to be part of this underground like escape way somehow. And she's doing what she thinks she needs to do to get more people through. Like, I really hope that's why she's so, that's why she's the one who has to get Obi-Wan. I want her to like actually be the one to save, res- to rescue Obi-Wan. And like, I've been doing this for you because I know who the twins are and we have to protect them. And I want that for her so bad. And I'm like ruining like my, cause it's not going to happen. But, um, and also in speaking to what you were just talking about, Chase, like I've, I didn't think I wanted her in this and maybe I really don't, but I think it could be really powerful if Ahsoka showed up and taught Obi-Wan that. Because she didn't get to teach Anakin that, but it'd be really powerful if she got to teach Obi-Wan that. I love that. And I think Ahsoka is like a character that really does um, like allow the gray spaces to be there and allows herself to exist in that gray space. 
And to add to what you're saying about Riva, I think Riva's like the opposite end of the spectrum where she's like, she doesn't want to heal. I think she gains, she, mm-hmm. she is under this, you know, this dark sided illusion that because she hasn't healed, she's more powerful. Yep. Like she's li- like, she, you know, so it's, it's a really fun sort of foil for, yeah. Yeah, for gives her focus. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite yes. lines ever. <laughs> so, it's so, so like, it's <laughs> the emperor meets Hannibal Lecter. It's, it's so, so good. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Oh, you know what, y'all? I think we all kind of knew this was going to be a special episode since this is our first, like, after mm-hmm. dark post seeing one another. <laughs> Steam Queens, again, everyone that we met at Star Wars Celebration, like, I hope, I hope IRL, I was feeding the love that I have for all of you. Like, I hope you could feel it. I hope you can feel it now through, like, a microphone and a digital world. But, like, especially those of you that I was lucky enough to meet in person, like, this could have this started for me just as a little hobby that I thought I would like that I would do with my husband. And it was a way to still have morning coffee and have three kids and do the things that we used to always do. And it's turned into so much more of that. And a lot of this, the three of you and like a real connection and a like a real found family and a real friendship that has blossomed out of this beyond this. The real connections I have with the Stephen Queens, like I just it turned it into so much more than just a hobby. And I, and all the recognition at Star Wars Celebration, like it just meant so much, you know, on a, on a very selfish and very personal way. I put so much work into the show. I work so hard on everything. I pour my blood, sweat and tears. It is not easy for me to talk about some of the things I personally talk about. Um, it's been very healing having everyone listen, having the three of you like listen and support has been like 40 plus years in the making of being able to talk about some of this stuff. And for uh, a, a young kid who was just told for most of his life by a whole lot of people that you're not good enough, no one likes you and you're not very friendly. You're not nice and just settle, just settle because you're not going to get very far to be recognized for the thing that I've probably put more of myself into like career wise, not career wise, work wise, like poured every part of me in to be recognized and celebrated as that is it just means a lot because like most of my life I've just been told I'm not good. And I feel like I found a place where I'm good and it feels and it's this thing that I love more than anything. I know I joke around that I love Star Wars probably more than I should, but it really is everything. And Star Wars, I have said this before, is the only way I even know how to like approach my emotions. I don't know how to process them any other way than to like filter it through Star Wars and filter it through characters and lessons. I have literally have no idea any other way. Parenting advice, I go to Star- everything. That's where I turn to. I don't have anything else. I don't have parents that I can t- turn to for that. I just, it's everything. And so... Like, it just means more to me than anyone will ever understand because I just, I have, it's everything that I thought I wanted and I have it and it's incredible. So thank you. And thank you to the three of you. Thank you for being so wonderful. Thank you for like being exactly who I thought you were. You know, it's just, it was a really overwhelming weekend. Like I'm not even over, I haven't processed. I'm still trying to text people and DM people because I, 
I hope I hope I hit everyone. I'm probably not going to because just but like I just I haven't even had a minute to unpack it all. You know? It's just been great. So thank you everyone. I'm just the best. Just the best. All right. Mm-hmm. Emma, where can people find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at Hutzlea, H-U-T-T-S-L-E-I-A, ship who you want, all ships are valid, especially <coughs> OVN Adela. <laughs> oh, I like it. Oh. Mm. Uh, Mark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am El Diablito. Uh, and you can accompany. Love it. Love it. Chase. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I'm That Gay Jedi on YouTube. I'm at underscore That Gay Jedi on Twitter. Also, my Pink Milk anniversary is in three Ooh, days. Right. Oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, very exciting. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> my God. Happy anniversary to yes. all of us. I know. It's yeah. kind of an emotional slam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. So and you can also find me on Fear Queers podcast where we talk about oh. horror movies. Oh, my God. It was like Pink Milk pod. Like p- Tom was pink. I'm milk. Yeah. M was pod, Mark was cast, and now Chase is and the exclamation point. I don't, oh, I would okay, like to great. say TM, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. TM means. I hear everyone say TM. Trademark. I know, but what does it Trademark. mean on Twitter? I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. We'll unpack it later. I don't know what it means. <laughs> A little shout out to Hope here, or big shout out, <laughs> I should say. Thank yes, you for Hope. everything. Yeah, big shout out and to Hope. You were Thank there you, with Hope. us in spirit, and um, we love you. And you've been here from the beginning Indeed. too. Always. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing. I all I need to share one more favorite memory because <laughs> um Chase M and I got to build a lightsaber together. Yes. And I will not spoil any of Galaxy's Edge because if you haven't and you know you're gonna go someday, really try not to. Also, everyone blame Chase for my voice at the beginning of uh, the podcast <laughs> with Jared. Probably still sounds there, even though I feel like maybe I have a lower voice, and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, give me a really deep, manly voice. I hope this never goes away. Um, but Chase and I were screaming at the top of our lungs all through the rise of resistance. We were very into it. So fun. <laughs> but also, I have to say thank you for building our lightsabers, and thank you for being 43 and not giving two Fs what anyone thinks, because there's a moment when you're building them that everyone lifts their lightsabers in the air and i was ugly crying it was awful it was just so much it was just it was the end of the weekend and i it just and it was almost your birthday it all like (laughs) i was so happy that i got to see that that was amazing every time when i was telling my besties about what it was like to build my saber i added on that brian cried like a baby it was was hard it's hard not to in those moments because we did that with the with the raising the lightsabers with Mm -hmm. ray in front of us yes you know, that night at oh, Star Wars night, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not even, I didn't even build a lightsaber, mm-hmm. but just to see that moment, I, I'm, yeah, I just, it's one of those moments I'm never going to forget. It was insane. I absolutely loved it. Also, if you're new here, welcome to Pink oh. Milk, where we say we're ending and then we usually go another 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> this was another fun memory of ours. Brian is not here tonight, but I got Brian Hegan, I, who was here last Pride Month so or last year for Pride on, I think, our third live stream. Listen yes, to that. It's amazing. great. We talk about uh, video games. Um, but this is not Chopper. Some of you may think this is Chopper, but she's not. This is PM19. 
because Pink Milk started in 2019. She is very sassy. I will post the two-minute video that most people probably will have no interest in watching. Um, my experience, nothing worked. I was running very late because nothing was working. And this sassy droid was like, I am not ready to be turned on. I will turn on when I'm ready. And literally, no one knew what was happening. And all of a sudden, she started turning on. And then our friend Brian was very was nice enough to give her a personality. She he bought a little personality chip for me, which I have not turned on because I was saving it for tonight. And I told him I would do it tonight, which is why I have to do it. And uh, Brian told me that it was the sassiest personality that he could find. So we're going to debut PM 19's personality right now because I don't know what it is. But let me tell you, she's a sassy bitch, and I love it. It was so great. And I think you hit this button. Nope, not that button. Not that button. Okay. I like it. She sounds cute and bitchy. She's reading we, your yes. gel manicure. That's, that's what she's doing. <laughs> I don't know what a gel manicure is, but that's probably why she's reading me. You don't even know what a gel manicure is. That's probably what she's saying. And that's why we're all about to be doomed. <laughs> um, I, will, I will also say we, we should put her little boop bop beeps into the theme song. Agreed. Into oh. the opening. PM19 needs some representation in the well, opening. We are and I think her sound little mascot. We are now. hitting episode 200. And let me tell y'all, I hope you notice, but we are all like, we've been talking, we're gonna have a conversation after this. Like Pink Milk is about to step its our as Chase would say, Pink Milk is about to step our bussies up and uh <laughs> level up a level. <laughs> I'm working on new music again <laughs> for our two because 200 episodes is coming up soon. 200 episodes. Oh my God. That's what happens to do two shows a week. <laughs> oh, anyways. Okay, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can follow me and the show at Serving Pink Milk on Twitter, Instagram, and occasionally TikTok. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have not subscribed to this channel, please do so. One last time. From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. All of you mean the absolute world. Steam Queens Hope. All of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next week, drink up. Drink up. Drink up.